Darby headed up to the top rope. Jericho's down. He could be looking for that coffin. Oh, what the hell? Are you kidding me? Jake Hager with a dynamic right hand on a helpless man. And now Jericho with the walls. And he's just wrenching. Red Fist off. He's over. I'm sure that... I mean, this is God Almighty. I'm disappointed in this. And still AEW World Champion, the pain maker, Chris Jericho. Let me tell you one thing. Hager saved Jericho's bacon here tonight. Yes, he did. Absolutely he did. I guess a man with two hands tied behind his back. Here comes the rest of the inner circle. Darby Allen with two hands tied behind his back, very nearly defeating Chris Jericho here tonight, but the champion retains thanks to Jake Hager and the rest of the inner circle. Jake Hager. Got a little bit of the bubbling. Hey, everybody, welcome back to Review Mania. This is Rob along with Zach. Yo. And we're back for AEW Dynamite Week 3. We are checking Ooh, along. Yaka, 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 yaka. Okay, there. We are checking along to full gear coming down the line. And this week is a big show, Zach. We've got Chris Jericho versus Darby Allen for the world title in a Philadelphia street fight. Yes, we did have that. So take us through the show, please. Sure. So we started off like we did last week with a AEW Tag Team title tournament uh, match, which was SCU versus the best friends. SCU. Uh, yes, SCU. Uh, it was supposed to be Chris Daniels and Frankie Kazarian. Uh, however, as uh, they're making their way down to the ring, uh, SCU is attacked by the Lucha Brothers. And oh. uh, Pentagon Jr. gives uh, Daniels a package pile driver onto the ramp. Rick Knox throws up the X sign, saying that he's injured. And so Scorpio Sky has to step in so the SEU can stay in the tournament. Um, mm-hmm. Then then we get some pretty good tag team action, but pretty back and forth between the two. Um, it's impressive considering that Scorpio Sky was wrestling in jeans and one tennis shoe. Yes, the crowd was chanting, he's got one shoe. Yes. Um, Excalibur was doing his best to put over the best friend's uh, offense and Jim Ross kept on questioning the names of the moves, so that was kind of annoying. Um, But it ended up with... SEU winning in a surprising fashion with Frankie Kazarian uh, powerbombing, um, I believe it was uh, Chuck Taylor, where, and Scorpio Sky uh, was supposed to drop, kick him in the back, but mostly just ended up uh, leg dropping him for the win. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, it was a quick, fast-paced match. Yeah, it did have some some time and stuff like that. Um, the best friends were a pretty co- cohesive unit. Uh, they just made some errors because they figured that they were going to win. Uh, Frankie Kazarian got worked over for the majority of the match, but uh, 
no complaints about the match at all. Like, a very good tag team match. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Uh, good match, and I'm glad to see SCU go over. Yeah, I mean, I personally am a big fan of the best friends. I've I really like Chuck Taylor. I think he's I I like next to Colt Cabana. I think he's probably the best comedic wrestler in the entire world. And Trent Beretta uh, was so talented in the WWE, and to see him kind of flourish as this really good wrestler on the independent circus and circuit in New Japan and now AEW is just really great to see as well. Um, but I, so I would have been okay with either team moving on, but SCU, Definitely. very good. Yeah. All right. All right. So our next match was pretty quick as well. Uh, Santana and or versus Alex Reynolds and Johnny Silver, uh, AKA the Beaver Boys. Who I've never even heard of any of these people or the, the, the well, uh, Alex all right. Reynolds? So Alex Reynolds and Johnny Silver. Uh, they're a tag team called the Beaver Boys. Um, they mostly work on the independent circuit. They've been at PWG a couple of times. Um, Alex Reynolds, I don't know a ton about, but Johnny Silver is like five foot six and he is a little tiny powerhouse. He's really entertaining to watch if you ever get a chance to see him at like a local event or anything. Hmm. But uh, they basically got squashed by. Um, Santana and Ortiz, um, they did, and uh, they were pinned by a double team blockbuster, which was a power bomb into the blockbuster neckbreaker for the victory. And then um, after the match, uh, Chris Jericho came on the screen and said um, that Santana and Ortiz want to face the Young Bucks. Why Santana and Ortiz couldn't say that for themselves, I don't know, but. It was a pretty effective promo by Jericho. There you go. Well, Jericho's also the mouthpiece, I guess. That's true, but like sometimes you sometimes people need to speak for themselves, Rob. Agreed. Alright, so probably the most controversial match of the night is next. We had a uh we had another AEW tag team title tournament match with the Jurassic Express versus the Lucha Bros. This was awesome. Yeah. Um, so the match was originally supposed to be Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus versus Pentagon Jr. and Phoenix. But uh, Luchasaurus is uh, out with a hamstring injury, which, you know, sucks for him. Yeah. He can be out. He could be out for a long time. So they replaced him with the other member of Jurassic Express, which is Marco Stunt. Uh, Marco Stunt is five foot two. Yep, he's he's very very short. Like I had to look up to see like if he was like a legit mini, but he's not. He's just a very short man. And Jungle Boy's like a, this tall, lanky guy, kid. Like he he's going to get bigger as time goes on, but he's like nineteen years old, so. Uh, he needs. Uh, we're gonna some, we're gonna see he, him grow. Yeah, we're gonna see him grow. Hopefully, he'll be five six by the time he's done wrestling. I think he's like six one. Oh, Frank Kazarian. I'm sorry. I thought. <laughs> I thought you were talking about. I thought you were talking about Marco Stunt. No, Jungle Boy. <laughs> Jungle Boy's like six one. Yes. 
Uh, Margot Stunt, though, he's very short. And um, so the Lucha Bros, they're not like the tallest people in the world either, but... Um, they tower over him. Yeah, there, there. apparently there was a lot of controversy online because Phoenix and Pentagon sold for Marco Stunt in this match. I say so and what? He's a pro wrestler. And like, hey, yeah, okay, is it a little silly? Sure. But he was doing high moves. He was doing uh, fucking lucha shit. Like the head scissors right. takedowns. Like the stuff he was doing was good. Right. No, and I, I agree with I agree with people who are saying that Phoenix and Pentagon should not have sold for somebody that small, and I think that's just ridiculous. But be that as this may, this was a really like fast-paced match. Lots of lucha moves, lots of 450 splashes, and tornado DDTs, and dives, and pile drivers, and all all the things that you expect from the Lucha Brothers, and it looked like it was going back and forth, and I thought that we might see another upset with uh, Jurassic Express going over. But in the end, Pentagon was able to uh, pick up the win for the Lucha Bros. What I found interesting is the crowd kept turning on like uh, both teams. Like Marco Stunt doing his little flop stance, and the crowd hated it and booed him out of the building. But then they started wrestling, and they're like, yeah, go Marco Stunt, yeah! And Jungle Boy, they loved, obviously. But it was interesting because, like, you know, uh, the Heat would start getting on to Marco Stunt, and then they'd be start, you know, booing the shit out of the, uh, out of the Phoenix, uh, I mean, out of the Pentagon, uh, the, the Lucha Brothers. The Lucha Brothers, yeah. But then, like, they'd do their Sierra De Niro thing or whatever, and they'd be like, oh, we love you again, yeah, because we chanted along. Yeah, no, I think I think it's interesting because I I don't think that anybody in AEW can truly be heel. Like, yeah, Chris Jericho and and the Inner Circle are heels, and the Lucha Brothers are heels, but the people love these wrestlers too much to really fully boo them as heels. You know what I mean? Do you think it's just one of these so... things that they're just too new? Like, this whole thing is just too new, so. They're just like, oh, we're going to just love everything because this is different. It's the first time we've right. been here. Right. And then, like, all right, the floss dance, like, is something that, like, people in elementary school do. Like, it's, like, a, an annoying thing. So, like, it's a heat-gathering thing. So if Marco's yeah. son is doing that, I expect him to be booed, but, like... He was very impressive in there. I I had really never seen Marco Stunt wrestle before, not to any like significant extent. And like he's a he's a talented little dude. Yeah. No. I mean, I only heard about him because of Brian Alvarez, but I never watched the match. And yeah, Brian Alvarez had a match with him, and I think he beat him. I yes. No, he beat him. Yeah, Brian Alvarez went over. I think. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I really like the match. I'm glad to see uh, Pentagon and Phoenix go over. It's going to be a really good match next week when it's uh, Private Party versus the Lucha Brothers. That's going to be a fun yeah, match. Well, yeah, it it will be a fun match. It'll be interesting to see who goes over there. Because Private Party beat the Young Bucks last week. So if they 
like they made stars out of them, but to keep that momentum going, I think they still have they have to win again. I I seriously think the Lucha Brothers should go over, but I also feel like again, just like the Bucks, do they really need the titles? They're over, like they're they, made already. They, right, they've had titles everywhere. Um, I think it's good to have established talent as your first champions, but I can also see because this is a a place where new talent is going to be made having those young talents win those titles too. So I can definitely see that. Um, yeah. And then, and then we also were going to see the dark order uh, for the first time on AEW television. That will be interesting as well. Um, I like the super smash brothers. I think they're a very talented team. They're very innovative. And so um, that will be interesting to see them versus SEU. Yeah. I mean, I feel like it's a catch 22. You know what I mean? Like, you can have an established team win the titles, that's great, but then you can have, like, these young teams kind of fighting for them and jockeying for position and, like, you know, trying to get their shot. On the other hand, you could have, like, the unlikely, like, hero, like, oh, man, no one no one wanted us to make, you know, no one thought we'd get here, and we got the titles, and then we can watch them, you know, fight off challenger after challenger. Because I feel like one of the benefits that NWA, uh, NWA sorry, that AEW has is... They've got a very strong tag team division. The WWE doesn't give a fuck about tag team wrestling. But these guys actually give a fuck and actually like make you care about these tag teams. Yeah, and I mean, it's hard for me to get invested in tag team wrestling because I'm so used to the WWE style of things where tag teams form and then they split up within a couple of months unless they're like brothers. So... Um, I've been enjoying this tag team, this style of tag team wrestling. Um, it's made me appreciate the the form a little bit more than I have in the past because, mm -hmm. like, with uh, with WWE, it's it's mostly just like I I know I can't get invested with these teams too much, or because they're just going to be split up soon. Gotcha. Um, yeah. All right. So we have our women's title match. Next, we had Riho versus Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. Um, Dr. Britt Baker is a star. <laughs> um, yes. And so isn't Riho. Did you say um, so is Riho or isn't? So is Riho. Okay, there you go. Just because I'm not a fan doesn't necessarily mean anything. Um yeah, so this is there in Philadelphia, the home of ECW, um, and pretty close to Dr. Britt Baker's hometown of uh, Pensatucky, which is where that groundhog lives. Oh, Pen uh, oh, okay. Yeah. And Pensatucky. Oh, yeah, I, I'm saying uh, Punsatani, that's what it is. Yeah, whatever. Uh, stupid name. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, so this was a pretty good back and forth match. Um, Britt Baker basically overpowered Riho throughout a majority of the match, but Riho used her quickness and her knee strikes to uh, catch her off guard. Uh, Britt Baker kept trying to go for lockjaw, which is that uh, double uh, cross face uh, mandible claw move that she does. And, um, she was too focused on getting that, so eventually uh, Riho was able to roll up for a victory. It was a pretty 
simple story uh, between the two, and Riho is still your AEW Women's Champion. This has been the most defended belt so far in AEW history. Yeah, I mean, it's been defended twice. So, I mean, it's not necessarily like, well, it's not not necessarily a suit. Well, no, it's been defended once. It's yeah. It was fought for once and defended once. So, I mean, uh, by the end of the night, the uh, world championship would be on an e- equal footing. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I thought it was a pretty good match. I still, like, part of me was thinking that Dr. Britt Baker was probably would have won, especially because later on in the show, they made a big deal out of the fact that Britt Baker is going to be on next week's show mm-hmm. in, in uh, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. So I don't know, but we'll see. Um, I really enjoyed the match. Um, I like the fact that Riho could like, she like bridged out of a pin but didn't like bridge out in the sense she kind of like did a limbo underneath the pin and got herself out. Um, yeah. And she, they made her look, you know, yeah. Okay. She's 90 pounds, but they gave her those knee strikes. They look vicious as hell. She'd do like a full running sprint into these knee strikes to the back of the head, to the front of the head, the drop kicks to just, again, it was kind of like with Marco stunt where it's like, yeah, it's kind of silly that like this little woman, uh, has any chance against this big Brit breaker, but you know, she did and the crowd loved it. Although they seem to get a little quiet every now and then, but I, I really like Riho, but I still wonder, like, I, I feel like they're kind of doing a, I, I, I mean, like, I don't know who's next. You know what I mean? Like they didn't really set up any challengers. I know about the B Priestley thing, but beyond that, it was just kind of like, Oh, Riho won again. Cool. Right. Yeah. There are a lot of women on the talent roster that we don't see. And it's, this is one area where I think AEW is short um, because they have a talented women's roster yet. They only feature one women's match per show. And Riho has been on every single one of these shows. Yeah. And, so I think next week, no Riho, keep her off television, have a number one contenders match or something, build up for full gear. Yeah, because they need to start building. And yeah, right now for the woman's side, there's absolutely nothing. I mean, I could see them putting B Priestley and uh, Britt Baker, but beyond that, like Rio doesn't have a program right now. I mean, Nyla Rose has been gone. A lot of the female roster has been gone for the most part. It's right. been just Britt Baker and and Rio, the two main focus. Right. And, you know, like, maybe we maybe we need to bring in Brandy and have her have a match. Maybe we need to have Aja Kong come in for a match. I, you know, there's plenty of women on the roster. They just haven't been utilizing them. Yeah. All right. Uh, our next match was Hangman Adam Page and Kenny Omega versus the Bastard Pac and John Moxley, the Crazy Man. Um, this was an interesting match um, because essentially, like Hangman and Kenny Omega are not a usual tag team 
unit and Pac and John Moxley aren't either. Um, and they're both heels and they clearly do not like each other. Which so, was made evident by Jim Ross and everybody else. This tag team, these both these teams were brought together by circumstance. Well, right. Well, I, I, I it wasn't you by could choice. Argue, right, well, sure. Well, I guess I mean, you, could you could say. Well, hold on. So you could say uh, it wasn't by choice, but the opportunity to defeat to to face off against the people they're going to be fighting with. Uh, or want to fight with because of the actions of previous weeks, they 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 teamed up for the opportunity for that. Sure, you you could say that. I would argue though that Adam Page and Vega they they Excalibur said this as well. They're both part of the elite. They're both on that tele, that YouTube series all over the, all over the place. Being the elite, they they're clearly like aligned with each other. They just don't. They're not tag team wrestlers. They're single singles wrestlers so like that tag team at least in concept made sense to me but Pac and John Moxley not so much um for the most part it was a match of when is Pac or John Moxley going to screw the other person they kept getting into each other's way they did have some moments of um continuity with each other but then john moxley did his john moxley thing and got weapons and um Pac, you know threw the weapons out and it's like you can't do that yeah i, I really like that but then i hated it because like both kenny omega and john moxley they get their broom and they get their baseball bat covered in barbed wire same stuff right. we saw the week before so the referee just gets up and throws his hands in the air and says i'm fucking i'm getting out of here and he gets out of the ring and I don't think there was ever a, was did 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 one of them get hit with the with the with the plunder because no. I don't okay as I thought I thought they both ducked I I thought maybe Omega took a like shot to the stomach or something but uh, no nope, because I was like when neither. the hell are they gonna ring the bell and then I kind of figured oh they no one got hit so they probably just let the match go because no weapon was actually yeah. used it was just yeah swung. so so Pac yeah they they swung them and then Pac got in there took them out he cut his finger open something awful on the barbed wire like he was bleeding all over the place and then um moxley was like all right had enough of that hit him with the double arm ddt and then um, bailed for the match and then page hit the buckshot lariat and omega hit a v trigger and then um no he gave him double middle fingers i really liked it though because he's like pointing to his head like he didn't have to say it but he's like use your head you know like be smart what are you right. doing? You know, uh, but like, yeah. It, but anyway, uh, Pac has his first loss in AEW. Yep. As Jim Ross said, it is just elementary at this point. Or sorry, academic. Yes. And right after that, we have our Philly street fight for the AEW championship. Darby Allen versus Chris Jericho. Um, Chris Jericho comes out as the pain maker and he has so his... please, please tell me what makes him the pain maker. Just... Oh, the pain maker is when he puts uh, shitty makeup on. Okay. That's what I kind of figured. I'm like, is he trying to make fun of Finn Balor? <laughs> no, no. Uh, if anything, he's making fun of Okada. Ah, cause he goes, Okada's the rain maker. Ah, no, true, true, true. He's the pain maker because he puts on eye makeup and, Puts on lipstick. 
Um, <laughs> but we have my uh, favorite Jericho graphic, which is, am I evil? Yes, I am evil Jericho. <laughs> and then Darby Allen comes out and he's skateboarding and he, the skateboard underneath says Darby Allen, AEW champ. Which my, is... my wife liked his, his theme. She goes, that's kind of catchy. Yeah, like he has like that emo, like um, heavy metal punk, punk inspired uh, theme song. Um, Darby Allen actually came out. Uh, Darby Allen always paints half of his body, but this week he painted half of his body white and wrote "champ" and "gray" all along his body, uh, which I thought was effective. Yeah. Um, so essentially, uh, this is a street fight, but they start off doing like, uh, some pretty standard, um, ground-based wrestling stuff. Yeah. I was kind of shocked. I was waiting for them to like, just go outside and start wrestling everywhere. And for the first good chunk of the match, it was a standard, you know, wrestling match. Nothing, nothing crazy. No weapons, no plunder, no nothing. And, uh, Jericho seemed to have a lot of trouble with. Darby Allen's unpredictable offense, which I thought was a good um, way to make Darby Allen look strong and also make Cody look strong because he had this, a similar problem that Jericho was having. Um, and then um, Jericho was the first person to really bring in some plunder. He brought in a kendo stick and started beating the crap out of uh, Darby Allen with it. Uh, Darby Allen also came back with the same kendo stick and started beating him uh, up with it. And then uh, we got probably the most innovative innovative part of the match where Jericho took some uh, duct tape and tied up Darby Allen's hands. And then Darby Allen wrestled the rest of the match with uh, no hands. This was fucking awesome. I was like, holy shit. And this dude's doing fucking suicide dives and he can't catch himself. So, God forbid if Jericho fucks up here, goddamn, Darby Allen could have killed himself. Legit. Right, right. Holy uh, shit, talk about a trust. And, like, oh, man, I couldn't even imagine the pressure to be Jericho. Just, to, like, yeah, I'm pretty sure they practiced. But, holy shit, like, this guy was doing a, tried doing a coffin drop. This guy was doing, like, taking, like, moonsaults moon yeah. and, like, Jesus Christ, I'd never seen anybody wrestle like this before. Here's my issue with this. This is a this is a really cool spot and I've seen it before. Uh Darby Allen did this exact same thing in a PWG match uh that I saw fairly recently. Um so he, and he did the exact same spot. So it's like something well, that Darby Allen does. Okay, fair enough, but as someone who's never seen it before, I was impressed. I was like, "Holy cow. This guy is very 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 athletic." Oh, totally. It's super impressive. I'm I'm just saying. Oh, no, yeah. As as, as a person who was a little bit familiar with Darby Allen prior um or had at least seen one one of his matches. Um I I think he was wearing handcuffs in the uh, PWG match. But anyway, mm. uh, sim- very similar, similar spots. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, it looks like um, Allen might actually win, even though his hands are tied. But Jake Hager appears and knocked Allen down, and uh, Jericho put him in the walls. And I guess Darby Allen did a verbal submission because yep. he couldn't tap out. Yep. 
And so Jericho uh, ended up defeating Darby Allen, and that's how we end the show. So yeah, I mean, like we all knew, we all knew Darby Allen wasn't gonna win. I mean, shit. Even in the freaking show, they had this really kick-ass build-up package for Jericho and uh, Cody Rhodes. Cody. Yeah, and no, it's like I thought. I thought that was really well done. I thought it was kind of stupid though, because even like a commercial break or two before this, they're like, "Oh, November 9th or you know, whatever the day is, full gear, Cody versus Jericho," and I'm like, "Bruh, you got like a world title match coming up. Let me suspend my disbelief just a little. Don't be well, fucking hyping I- up your pay per view." Well, I well they have to hype up their pay per view. No, well, don't do it with Jericho and and uh, Cody then. Do something else. Do do Omega and Moxley. Wait till I mean, after. Could, yeah, I mean they they could have. But the other thing was that they did say is that even though they were they yeah up, I know yeah they said that well if Darby Allen wins, Cody and uh, Jericho will still face each other, but they just won't be no, for no. the championship. No, it, they said that it would be Cody versus Darby. Oh, you're right. Sorry. I so her. Cody would still get his title shot. So basically there was, they were piping up the world title, which is fine. They they were saying that it meant a lot to Cody because he needed that first world championship. Never mind that he's already a two-time world champion, but regardless. Anyway, Um I thought that this show was excellent, very fast-paced, um, and also an easy watch. One of the things that I think AEW has been doing very consistently is making entertaining matches to watch, and their six-match format is, I think, an easy way to spend two hours, and I have, have yet to be disappointed by any of the matches. For the most part, yeah, I, the fin- I just worry about uh, how quickly are they burning through their talent, or how many mm-hmm. people haven't yet to even a debut. Like, I don't have any idea. I mean, yeah, I, they, I, I, I kind of get that because, like, next week they already said that we're going to get John Mox. Hawk, which could have, which could easily, easily be, a, be, yeah, a like, paper, a pay per view match, yeah, and that's what I worry but, about. But I also wonder, like, they're not doing anything to like bring any new talent over, or whatever. Like, they just show up on TV. Like, where's a hype video? Where's a promo video? Where's a coming soon video? Or something to help, like, you know, get you prepared. So when this person does make their debut, you're like, oh shit, I heard about them a week ago, or. Hey, I heard about things about them. I saw that hype video. Man, that's going to be exciting. They just act like their the entire audience is like, oh, they know everything. They go on the internet. They they look at our roster page, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Well, maybe a lot of them do. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I still, I, I still think that this is the superior show to watch on a Wednesday night. Oh, I agree. I didn't even touch NXT. I don't give a shit that Finn Balor is there. Fuck, I would love to have Finn Balor in AEW. That'd be fucking amazing. Finn Balor versus Jericho. Finn Balor versus Pac. Finn Balor versus Kenny Omega. Uh, Bring back, you know, the Bullet Club to a degree. Fight over, you know, that. I don't know. 
Yes, we'll have uh, Prince Debit. Yes. But, um, yeah, no, I'm looking forward to next week. I think the semifinal tag team tournament will be good. I think they have a main event in um, Moxley versus Pac. Um, if that's going to be the main event, which I think it should be. And, yeah. So, apparently, uh, the Young Bucks are also going to be uh, in a match as well next week. Yes, they did say that, and Britt Baker will be there. So they, they at least hyped up some of the things that are coming next week. Now it's competitors that we already know, but I think that's smart because I get I get what you're saying in the fact that you need to build up new talent. But right now, they are a fledgling company, and they need to keep their numbers strong so that eventually they can stand on their own. Right now, it's an experiment, and it's going very well, but it's still an experiment. So if they can still, uh, if they can keep those numbers rolling with their brand name talent, then I think things will be fine. Yeah. And I will and I and I will say that the few people that they have introduced that they uh have they've made into massive stars. Private Party, Darby Allen, massive stars. Yeah, I agree. I just wonder how I'm mean, I'm very interested to see next week how Private Party will be uh what the reception will be for them and if they can keep it going. I think I think they'll be massively over. I think you're right. But, but we'll see. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, honestly, AEW is going to be here in six weeks, a month and a half. And I seriously want to get tickets now. The crowd is so much fun. Like, the atmosphere is so much fun. It's so colorful, At, at uh, Dynamite. Hey, you didn't even mention about the guy having the, the huge uh, Ted Turner face. Yeah, yeah I, I did write that to you, and then I didn't giant Ted Turner face and that's such a finger to the face of Vince if Vince was watching which you know he probably wasn't but still I I think people are excited to be wrestling fans right now to a certain extent with things like AEW and NWA Power and all these alternative things people don't have to watch WWE right now and I think for certain people that's really exciting yeah all right are you ready to discuss the ratings yes what were the ratings this week all right so i'm reading this for the first time as well uh dynamite on tnt drew 1.01 well basically 1 million and 14 viewers okay so they were down uh, NXT, 712,000. They were also down. So, can you kind of a breakdown? NXT, the original episode on USA, was almost 1.8 million viewers. At 1,179 viewers. The following week, they dropped substantially to... One million and six viewers. And then finally, when it came to when uh, 
when they went head to head, it was 801,000, 790,000 last week, and now 712,000 this week. So, for AEW, it was uh, 1,409,000 viewers the first month, uh, week. Uh, 1,018 viewers with on TNT, and then 122 on True. 122,000, I should say. Sorry. Yeah. And then, I guess maybe I'm reading this wrong. I don't know. But it's 1.014. So it's 1.018 last last week. This week it was only 1.014. So they went down slightly. Yeah. Like, it wasn't much. So they're they're maintaining roughly a million people. Yes. Which, for a new product, is pretty good. I mean, I think a lot of people were really excited for that first. Oh no! Of course. For that first show, and I'm not surprised that there was a dip. Um, and I'm, but I'm, I'm, I if they dip below one million viewers, I'm going to be starting to get a little worried yeah that's what i, I was they... wondering like do you start do you start worrying at one million or even nine hundred thousand? like obviously it's not like they're just gonna leave go oh well shucks guys but what i'm concerned about is nx key is rapidly falling yeah but we're not seeing AEW grow per se i would probably say they largely retained their uh, core audience from last week. Well, what I'm wondering is, these are live figures, obviously. Yes. And 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 replay and the and the initial replay. Does no, this no, 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 no. Do... They they aren't they are not putting the replay title and these are straight okay. from the live. Oh, straight from the live. So it's not not even the ten o'clock replay. Correct. Okay. I'm curious to see. I'm curious. I'm curious whether or not the who are recording it on their DVRs. Now they do get uh, those kind of numbers too. That's all figured in. Okay. And I honestly don't have that. And yeah, like I even asked, you know, a week or two ago, me as a streaming person, am I counted? I'm assuming I am. I'm connected right to TNT's streaming app. You would think they would. I'd be one of the easiest people to figure out. Hey, there's X number of people streaming this live. Yeah, I mean, possibly, but possibly that's counted as a different sort of viewing number as well. Um, so I, I'm not sure, but like, I'm, I'm still pretty happy with like a little over a million people watching the show. Oh no, considering... I'm definitely happy. Um. You know, that's definitely awesome. I just, I don't know. I just maybe think, like, maybe we're, we're, we're doom and gloom a bit. Because, I mean, like, you think about it. Like, okay, there was the initial thing. Everyone was like, okay, everyone's expecting high numbers. Have we truly found, like, hey, what's going to be our week-to-week audience? I mean, it's only been th- three weeks. Yeah. yeah, I don't know if we've necessarily found our week-to-week audience. And then there's also the fact that, I think there will be slight fluctuations from week to week because sometimes, you know, people have stuff to do on a Wednesday night. 
and oh, they can't yeah. watch watch live and stuff like that. So yeah, well, that and I mean, and to be honest, I mean, the only reason I'm watching it is because I have the ability to stream it um, through the TNT app. I don't have cable TV, you know, right? And a lot of people don't, and you know, yeah, it would be interesting to see if if this also counts the fight app numbers as well. Because I, I would assume that a lot of people also watching the stream from the fight app because they have like exclusive content there. Yeah, and I don't see anything for Canada this week. I'm kind of curious if Canada went up too. Oh, oh what happened on TSN? Yeah, because last week was only like a hundred and something thousand viewers. I'm wondering if it went up. Yeah, I'm not sure. Um... But I guess we'll keep an eye on the numbers, but uh, I'm week i'm sorry say it again i said i guess we'll keep an eye on the numbers but i'll definitely be watching next week yeah definitely uh it's always a fun show it's easy to like you said it's easy to watch like there's been nothing bad really to talk about there's been some puzzling things that have occurred but nothing egregious nothing like abhorrent you know right you know it's nothing like oh my god why why you know why am i watching this Nothing to that. Um, so yeah, I, I really keep enjoying AEW. Um, I'm just wondering, you know, how I, I feel like right now it's like cool, everything's new, hot. I'm kind of curious what it's gonna be like six months from now. Well, I guess we'll just have to keep uh, reviewing it. Yep. All right. Anything else before we head off? No, I'm good. All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, Reviewamania.com. There you'll find our other podcasts. Uh, We've been doing an NWA Power Weekly recap show. Uh, Into the Fire. Yes. We've also, uh, just in the last week, released WrestleMania 21. We're working through some stuff coming up. WrestleMania 22 and Super J Cup 95. And uh, more good stuff coming up. Here on Review of Mania. Thank you very much for listening. Bye bye.